grateful to be back with you this morning to share God's Word with you. Um, Today we're going to be concluding our series of messages called Talk to Me. This is a series that we've been, where over the last several weeks we've been exploring the different prayers that we can offer to God in different times in our lives. And we've heard from many different perspectives what those can look like. Uh, Today I want to share with you one of those prayers that God has been really stirring and dealing with me about in my own life here in the last several weeks. You know, the last time I was here preaching with you was on September 8th, and I will never forget that day. It's really stuck in my mind. Uh, I, I remember back the week before that day, that was the week that I came before our leadership at Grace and I offered my resignation here at Grace, or at least I tried to, and they gave it back to me and they said they didn't want it. And they asked me to trust the process. And I thought to myself in that moment, God, I thought that's what I was doing. What does this look like for me? And I remember God speaking to me about surrender. And I thought to myself, God, I thought I had been surrendering all along. What am I missing? That Sunday morning, just before I got to preach, I'll never forget, I was sitting right there in that chair. And it was a moment in the worship service where Michelle Fleming stood up. And she opened up the Word and she started reading a passage of Scripture. And that Scripture just arrested me. It was Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. If you ever, I want to encourage you, go ahead and turn your Bibles there, because we're going to just jump right in in just a moment to it. But have you ever had that happen to you? Where you were just sitting in church, or maybe you were at home, and you just thought, I'm just going to take a few minutes to read the Bible, and you didn't think anything was going to happen, and then all of a sudden, wham, God just like hits you right between the eyes? Or is it just me? Have you ever had that happen? That was, that, was, that was what happened to me that morning. Just getting ready to preach, and God just nails me right between the eyes with this passage of Scripture. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. It speaks about prayers of surrender. Prayers that I think oftentimes we're not very good at uh, offering to ourselves. Let's look at that passage. It says this. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide... How long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church. And in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. As Michelle read that passage of scripture that morning, God had my attention. I actually went home that afternoon and I wrote those verses in my journal. Pretty soon after that, I actually typed them out and on a piece of paper, printed off and I stuck it in my pocket and I carried it around with me for days, weeks actually, just constantly going back to it. Every time I came to a point of anxiety or fear or uncertainty, I'd go back to it and read those verses over and over again. And God was speaking to me about this process of surrender, which I have heard the people in the church talk about for so many years, but I didn't fully understand. What, what does it mean to actually 
surrender to God. You know, when Paul wrote this passage of Scripture to the church in Ephesus, he was in a place of surrender himself. In the beginning of chapter 3, it says that he was in prison for standing up for the rights of Gentiles to be able to worship God. The Jews had tried to kill him for doing that, but because he was a Roman citizen, he was instead arrested and he was dragged to Rome for trial. And there in prison, it says in verse 3, that God revealed himself and his mysterious plan to Paul. That plan was not what any of us would sign up for. That mysterious plan involved him sitting in a Roman prison for nearly six years before he was executed. So if anyone can speak to us this morning about what surrender looks like, I think Paul qualifies, don't you? His words teach us a lot about surrender and how to pray and truly let go of the things that we need to let go of. Because here's the thing. Whether it's you or I or Paul, we all have different journeys that we walk in life. Very different, right? But every single one of our paths ultimately leads us to a place of surrender. Every single one of us. We can't avoid those places in our lives. And God, in His wisdom, won't allow us to avoid them. Every single one of us comes to those places. And surrender is a lesson that we all have to learn. The best thing that we can do is to learn to recognize in those moments when something is out of our control and God is saying, give it to me. And in those moments to know how to truly give it to God. And not hold on to it so tightly ourselves. Because you know what? Surrender is more than just saying, God, I just give this to you. It's way more difficult than it sounds. You know, a few weeks ago, Pastor Brian was up here and he was sharing one of his, the prayers that has been really meaningful in his life. And he was talking about prayers of letting go of control. And um, he talked about how fruitful prayer prayer lives can be when we release control and we don't let fear of loss or fear of the unknown or fear of failure dictate our lives. And he said this, he said, to release control, we have to surrender. It's something that we have to do over and over again. Because things, the things that mean the most to us are generally the things that we try the hardest to control. That is really true, isn't it? I'm going to say that again. The things that mean the most to us are generally the things that we try the hardest to control. So how do we do it? How do we actually surrender things to God that He is asking us to do, to surrender? Well, that's part two of Pastor Brian's message that we're going to be looking at today. And this is what Paul has to teach us this morning. But before we do that, I'm going to ask you to do one thing for me this morning. I need you to, to do this with me. Uh, in your seats this morning, hopefully as you walked in, you saw one of these little bookmarks. Would you take this out for just a moment and look at it? This is something that I want to give to you and you can take home with you today. This is just for you. I'm not going to collect these. I'm not going to see what you write on these. But I want you to consider something and then write something on it in just a moment. As, as you're looking at it, let me, let, me, uh, let me approach it this way. Take a moment and think about at least one thing in your life that is pretty important to you 
but that you feel like you have very little, if any, control over in your life. It's something that occupies your thoughts. Maybe it's something that you really wish you could fix. Something that you wish you could just make happen in your life. But if you're honest with yourself, you realize that you really can't. Maybe for you it's health related. Maybe there's just something in your body that you're constantly battling and you have seen the best doctors in Tucson. And it's still not fixed. It's still there. Maybe for, you it's, maybe for you it's relational. There's a relationship in your life or maybe a set of relationships that is just, things are just happening in those relationships that are out of your control and everything in you just wants to fix them and make them right. And you can't. For some of you, it might be finances. It might, finances may be that thing that you need to surrender this morning. It's that thing that you try to control, the thing that you try your best to manage in your life. And it just doesn't seem to happen. Or maybe, maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's something that you have in mind for your life in the future or for your kid's life or maybe for someone else that you love a lot and you just want everything within you to just make that dream happen, make that thing happen. And this is, this is the thing, whatever it is in your life, this is the thing that has brought you anxiety at times in your life. It's brought you at times fear and doubt. And you've had just enough control over parts of it every now and then in your life that you think you can hold on to it, that you think you can manage it, that you think you can control it. And God has this wonderful way in your life of reminding you over and over again of how little control you actually have of it. You starting to figure out what that thing is yet? I want to encourage you to take a moment and maybe it, whether it's a name or it's just a phrase or it's maybe you just draw a symbol that represents that thing in your life. But on the top of that card where it says, God, I surrender to you, I want you to take a moment and physically write down what that thing is. It's going to be meaningful to you in this morning as we walk through this message. Let's just take a moment in doing that. What is that thing for you? Identify it. Name it this morning. You know, truly trusting God with these things is hard. So oftentimes we, we give these things to God, or we think we do, and as we're giving to them to Him, we're telling Him how He needs to manage them, right? We're giving Him pointers on how He needs to fix them for us, because we can't seem to do it ourselves. Or at times, maybe you just throw up your hands and you say, you know what, God, I surrender, I'm just giving this to you this time, I mean it. And we really do mean it for about an hour or two, or maybe a day or two. And then something else happens to kind of change the situation a little bit and then we snatch it right back out of God's hands and we start controlling it again. And this is a crazy cycle that we can be on for years over these deeply meaningful things in our lives that God is saying, I want to teach you what it means to actually surrender. Okay, what I'd like for you to do this morning is now that you've written that down is I want to actually just encourage you to hold this card in your hands this morning and maybe look down at it occasionally as I'm talking with you today. Here's what Paul's going to show us today from Ephesians 3. Surrendering to God is a prayerful process of releasing to God and actually thanking God for doing what we can't do ourselves. 
And we can only get there, Paul's going to teach us, from a place of complete trust and love. So as we look through these verses this morning, I'm going to point out to you, just as we progress through it, there are four things that Paul is trying to teach the Ephesians uh, that, that uh, I think we can, we can really speak to us today as well about how to actually surrender. The first one is this, and we see it in verses 14 and 15, that we accept before God that this thing, this thing that's on this card this morning is bigger than us. And we start to talk to God about it. Verse 14 says, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. Paul's saying, when I think about all this, what, what, is, what is this? He, he's talking about all the suffering, all the trials, all the persecution that he has been going through. And what does he do when he thinks about those things? He says, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father. What is that? Falling to your knees. That's a posture of surrender. It's saying, God, I am in way over my head. I can't do this. I can't fix this. You've got to take this from me. It's a posture of Stephen in Acts chapter 7. As he falls to his knees and he prays as the people around him are getting ready to stone him to death. And he becomes the church's first martyr. It's the posture of Peter in Acts chapter 9. When he, walks, when he walks up before Tabitha, someone that he loves dearly, and he sees her dead. He falls to his knees and he asks God from the depths of his heart to do something. And God touches her and she comes back to life again. It's the posture of Paul and his friends in Ephesus in Acts 20 and 21. When you, we won't look at those passages today, but you can this week. It's this place where he's saying goodbye to the Ephesian people. And they know, just as Paul knows, they'll never see each other again. They just know that God is getting ready to do something in Paul's life. And they will be saying goodbye this time for good. It's the posture of Christ in Gethsemane. The night before he is crucified, as he falls on his knees and he says, God, please take this cup from me. But nevertheless, I surrender. Not my will, but yours. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 really speak to me when I think about this. It says, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will make straight your paths. That is putting yourself in a posture of surrender. To acknowledge is to put yourself in that posture of surrender before God. And this posture is hard. It's not just saying, God, I just, I just give this to you. This isn't playing word games with God. This, these are those gut-wrenching moments when we know and we accept that it's far bigger than us. And He has to take it completely. And we truly give it to him. A prayer of surrender isn't a, a prayer for God to help us to do what we already think needs to happen. It's not a prayer for what we're saying to God. Here's God what I think you need to do in this situation. Because we still have our hands on it. It's just saying, God, I give you complete control. All of it, I'm letting go. 
And here's the deal. Sometimes when God asks us to surrender, we're not even in a place where we feel like we need to surrender. Sometimes when God asks us to surrender something, we think everything's fine. We think we've got everything under control and we don't need God's help. God, I got it right now. And God shows us, no, you don't. Uh, a little over a year ago, some of you know that uh, last year I took a sabbatical. Uh, and uh, over that time, at the end of that sabbatical, I actually walked the community of Santiago all the way across Spain from one end of the country to the other. And uh, walked 20 miles a day. And um, each day as I was walking, I had one thing to do, and that was talk to God. That was all I could do. Couldn't multitask or do anything else. I just basically had all day to talk to God. And every morning as I would start my 20 miles... And I was kind of away from earshot of everyone else. I would just start talking out loud to God. And I would say each morning, okay, God, what would you like to talk about today? And uh, we would spend about eight hours talking about the different things that God was doing in my life over sabbatical, over the last few years. And God helping me to see his plan for my life in the months and years to come. And I'll never forget, one day I asked God that question and he told me what I didn't want to hear. He said, Dave, today we're going to talk about your fear. And as soon as he said that, I knew deep down in my gut what he was talking about. He was talking about my wife and this fear that I've had for years of losing her. And as soon as I heard that, I just got all anxious. I got frustrated with God. I'm like, oh, God, can we talk about something else? today and he just kept bringing me back to it over and over again he gave me this image remind me of this image in the book of genesis of abraham offering to god his son isaac and he in that place it's god god says take your son the one you love and offer him to me and i remember hearing god say to me take the woman that you love more than your own life and i want you to offer her to me and in that moment, your deeply spiritual pastor said no. And I didn't just say no. I said, I really said no. I said no dozens of times. I started getting angry with God. I started crying. I started saying, God, that is unreasonable. I knew what he was asking. He was asking me to trust because for years I have held on as tightly as I can and thinking somehow that I had some bit of control over the situation. And God said, I want you to give that relationship to me and trust me. And I couldn't do it. I could not do it. Three days I walked all day long and I argued with God. Three days. Trying to rationalize the whole thing away. God, this makes no sense. God, I've got this now. God, it's under control. God, just leave me alone. Would you, can we just talk about something else? I tried every de, you know, deflecting opportunity, you know, everything I could think of to get, get, get off this. And God kept bringing it back. And at one point over those three days, God said, Oh, by the way, while you're giving me your wife, I want you to give me Grace Community as well. They're both gifts that I've given you, and I want you to offer them back to me and trust me. And I just thought, this is absolutely ridiculous. This makes no sense. And finally, after three days of arguing, my prayers of surrender was really prayers of argument with God. Finally, I felt something snap inside of me. I'm like, okay, okay, all right. 
And I was for the first time putting myself in a posture of surrender. And I share that with you this morning because some of us, we can spend our whole lives in a tug of war with God, fighting Him for what we think is best. And God just keeps waiting for us, asking us to let it go, to trust Him and to quit fighting, to quit striving for what we think is best so hard. And as we do, God begins to reveal Himself and His will in greater depth, as we'll see in this next part here of of, uh, Paul's uh, passage in verses 16 and 17. Surrendering to God, once we put ourselves in a posture of surrender, physically, emotionally, we ask God for inner strength so that we can truly trust Him regardless of the outcome. He says in verse 16, I pray from His glorious unlimited resources that He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Notice Paul isn't encouraging them to pray and tell God what they think you know, they need him to do. That's not a prayer of surrender. Paul says, pray instead that God will empower you with inner strength. Why? So you can fully trust him, Paul says. Why? Because you aren't really surrendering without total trust. He ha- God has to take up residence. He has to be at the center of your life. He has to be in that place of ultimate trust in your heart. You know, this phrase, inner strength, that Paul is referring to, this is actually a Greek phrase. That is re- it referred to three things back then in that culture. This idea of inner strength referred to a person's reason, uh, you know, understanding God's wisdom in a situation. It referred to a person's conscience, so that it's not just head knowledge, but there's a, a brokenness, a, a sensitivity to God. And it's a person's will, that we don't just know what we're supposed to do, and we're not just sensitive to God's will, but we actually follow God's lead. Paul is praying here, that Christ would just permeate their entire lives. Your Pastor Chuck Swindoll in Texas, he talks about trusting God like this, and he says it's called the discipline of surrender. In other words, it doesn't come naturally. It's prayers of surrender, not a prayer, because we have to do it over and over and over again. And just when we think we have, we are reminded so oftentimes that we haven't. You know, I prayed for nearly 20 years that God would help me to hang on to my marriage. And I've prayed that thousands of times over the years. And that day, one of those days when I was walking on the Camino, I started praying that prayer again. And God just convicted me again. He says, why is it that every time you pray about this situation, you always tell me what the answer is supposed to be? And at that time, I felt like God said to me, I want you to instead start praying for my deepening work to happen in you both. And that's all. That's the only prayer I want you to be praying from now on. So many times God said to me, David, do you trust me with this? You say you do, but do you really? You know, we sang about this just a few minutes ago. If you were paying attention to the words you were singing, I wrote them down because it just just struck me again. God, when you don't move the mountains that I need you to move, 
When you don't part the waters that I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers when I cry out to you. What? I will trust you. Some of you today, God is asking the same thing of you with what you've written down on your card. He's saying to you this morning, do you trust me? Do you truly trust me? He is wanting you to pray for inner strength so that you will trust him even in this thing. As you pray, God, to give you the inner strength so that you will trust him, the next thing that Paul talks about here is that we should also ask God to help us to understand and experience the depths of his love for us. And that's an important aspect of this. He says, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and long and deep and how high God's love for you truly is. He says, I pray that you won't only just understand it, but that you will experience that love that's too great to fully even understand. Why? He tells us. Because then when you come to that place of truly knowing how deep God's love is for you, then you will be complete. And that striving that's been happening in you, it won't even be there anymore. When we come to a place where we have that inner strength from God to truly trust Him, and when we know without a shadow of a doubt how much God loves us, guys, I tell you firsthand, it doesn't matter how difficult the situation is in front of you, it doesn't matter how out of control it seems in that moment, you will find that something is happening in you and you can truly trust Him. Here, Paul is inviting us to imagine what it would look like you know, the, to, to think about the vastness of the universe, the, the, um, the limitless sky above, the limitless horizons on every side, the depths of the earth and the seas beneath us. And he says, that's how much God loves you. It's more vast than even that. So Paul's saying in your moments of surrender to God, to acknowledge God in your need for Him, to put yourself in a posture where you're truly surrendering in your heart, where you're realizing that you don't have control over what you think you do. To ask God to empower you with inner strength so that you'll trust Him. And also to ask God to help you to experience just how much He loves you. Because when that happens, everything will fall into place. There's a guy named Clyde Snodgrass. Interesting name, right? He is a, uh, he is a uh, professor at one of the uh, seminaries in our denomination. And he actually wrote the NIV application commentary for the book of Ephesians. And this one statement that I read of his about these verses here today just really struck me. He said, the main event or the main intent of Paul's prayer here in verses 14 to 21 is clear. He wants his readers strengthened by God's spirit so that they may know intimately... Christ's presence and love. And then he says, if that happens, everything else will fall into place. So surrender comes from a place of total trust and total love. And guys, you can't ever, you can never fully surrender that thing to God unless you've done those two things. You can't. You can play the word game with God, but you're not surrendering. 
It can only come from a place of total love, knowing how much you're loved, and total trust in Him. It's like the illustration that I have seen several times in my own mind as I have been going through this experience over the last many months is a roller coaster. A crazy roller coaster, right? Where you're being jerked around and you're, everything's just spinning out of control. How many of you enjoy those experiences? few of you? Okay. Most of you aren't raising your hands. I, I'm with you there. It, you know, if you don't fully trust the engineer of that ride... As you're riding it, you know what you're doing? You're probably looking around, making sure all the bolts are in place before you, the thing starts moving, you're right. You're telling the, the guy who's running the, the, the thing behind the scenes how slow he needs to go, right? You're trying to get him to stop the ride. You're trying to do everything you can to control the situation. And you know what? You look like this. <laughs> right? I love this picture because it says something profound to me. It says to me there's two ways we can approach the crazy, out-of-control circumstances in our lives when God's calling us surrender. We can take this option of this gal here, screaming, crying, probably begging the guy to stop the ride, right? God, do this my way. Or we can have the approach of this guy behind her who's having the same ride, the same experience, and what is he doing? He's just throwing up his hands, and he's just enjoying the ride. Guys, I think... God showed me, Dave, this is the posture I want you to have on this ride. Stop trying to control, stop screaming, stop crying, stop begging, and just throw your hands up and enjoy the ride because I have got control of this. I need you to trust me. I pray that you can come to that place. Whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever it is that you're struggling trusting God for, that you can come to that place of surrender. Because the fruit of that posture of surrender, of, of doing those, those things, Paul talks about at the end of the passage here, the fruit of surrender is actually experiencing for yourself thankfulness. And I would add to that the other fruits of the Spirit in the situation. He says in verse 20, Now all glory to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within you to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. Paul is thanking God. He's giving glory to God even before the answers come. Because he has such trust in God and he knows how much he is loved by God that he knows that whatever happens, what? Verse 20. God will accomplish infinitely more than I even ask or think in the first place in this situation. Paul doesn't say God will answer his prayers in his way. But when that love and that trust is there, we will experience this fruit of the Spirit in our lives. We will experience thankfulness. We won't have to, man, we won't have to work it up. It'll just be there. We will have this profound sense of peace. Even in the midst of this crazy storm, everything seems to be out of control. And people are looking at you and saying, how can you be so peaceful in this situation? You should be frustrated. You should be upset. Your life should be a mess. And you're like, I don't know. God is doing this. I, I'm not doing it. But God has given us that peace. And, and that moment, you know, you've surrendered it. It's that moment when you're, you're patient and you're not angry and bitter with God about the way things are happening or the progress or lack thereof in the situation. It's even coming to a place of being thankful 
in those moments. As Mita preached about a couple of weeks ago, it's not being grateful for the circumstances, but it's being grateful in them. And as James writes in the book of James in chapter 1, he talks about having uh, joy in these circumstances. You know, for years I read that passage and I thought, that is absolutely ridiculous. Right? When troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. Are you kidding me? Who does that? That's the whole point. You don't. But when you trust God that much, it just happens in you. There's joy even in the midst of the crazy storm. Because you just know without a shadow of a doubt, God's got this. (laughs) I don't know what he's doing, but I know he's got it. Take one more moment and look at your bookmark. Look at that thing that you wrote down on it this morning. Are you able to express, express glory to God for this today? Are you able to feel thankful, not for the situation, but in the situation? Because when you're at that place, that place of thankfulness, that place of peace, that place of joy, I tell you, then you know your prayers of surrender have been answered. Chuck Swindoll said this a few years ago about this. I just love this. He said, when I was younger... I often said I wanted his plan to run its course, but I resisted it more often than I care to remember, especially when it included unexpected detours and disappointments. It took a number of years to realize that his way actually is better than mine and that he didn't need my help. And then he said, I'm finally learning that his sovereign plan is the best plan, that whatever I entrust to him, he can take better care of it than I can. That nothing under his control is out of control. That everything I need, he knows about in every detail. That he is able to supply, to guide, to start, to stop, to sustain, to change, and to correct in his time and for his purposes. And he said, when I keep my hands out of things, his will is accomplished. His name is exalted. And his glory is magnified. You know, a few nights ago, I was here alone in this room in the darkness. It was late one night. It was actually the night that I resigned again to the elders, and this time it was for good. And uh, I was so glad that no one else was in this room because I was a mess. <laughs> I was, I'll never forget, I was actually right there in the corner of this room. I was actually on my knees, didn't plan it that way. It just, God just put me there. And I was actually just physically holding on to the base of that cross with both of my hands just squeezing as tightly as I could. And I was able to clean up the mess, but I mean, there was tears and snot all over that pretty little decoration over there. And so, um, it, I, again, I'm just so glad no one else, else had to see it. But I just remember just saying to God over and over again, okay, okay, God, surrender. I, I give this all to you. God, I mean it this time. God, I surrender. And um, I pulled out my phone during that time, and I put this one song on repeat, and it must have played a dozen times in here. It was a, a, a song that I heard about a year ago called Take Lord. 
And it was a song, the words of it came from a prayer of a guy named Ignatius of Loyola from Spain. I learned about him while I was on the, uh, in Spain. And this was his prayer uh, on the screen here. I, the last few words of it just really rung in my head that night. It says, God, you have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. That is a prayer of surrender. And that is what I want for you, Grace family. With what God has for you next here, I want you to pray prayers of surrender. I want you literally on your knees before God. Recognizing that these things in your life that you've written down on that card, this church, it's not in our control. It's in God's hands. I want you to, I'm asking that you would put yourself in a posture of surrender. I'm asking that you would pray that God would give you the strength to trust Him. To pray that God would allow you to experience His love so profoundly that you won't doubt no matter how crazy the storm gets. And I pray that you will see the fruit of that. I pray that your lives will be filled with joy, with thankfulness, and with peace. Because you know in the depths of your soul, God's got this. Would you pray with me? God, today that is my prayer. For this community. God I pray that you would bring us all. To a place of true surrender. Lord keep us from playing. These word games with you. Where we say that we're surrendering. But we're really just saying. God get off my back. <laughs> God help us to experience. These things. So that we can come to a place. In our lives where no matter how crazy our storms get that we never doubt you Lord this whole life that we're on is a journey and we all live it differently but we all come to these forks in the road where we know we have to surrender God forgive us for those times when we just choose our own path instead when we choose to try to make it happen ourselves when we choose to ask you to do what we want rather than asking you what you want and to trust you God, this Thanksgiving season, as we were reminded of the things we're thankful for, Lord, may we also be thankful, truly thankful, for the prayers that haven't been answered yet, for the messes that are still in front of us, for the storms that are still brewing and haven't died down. In Jesus' name.